Welcome to Shedding Light Hunting Stories Podcast, the podcast dedicated to the hunting stories from the average Joe. I'm your host, Travis Williams. You're listening to Episode 3. I remember it like it was yesterday. I'm on the side of a hill right next to a big rock, and I'm staring up at a big, long hill in front of me. Behind me, about 80 yards, is a gravel township road, and I'm a stander on a deer drive. I'm probably about 12 years old. I've had about five, four or five seasons under my belt where I haven't got a deer yet. Shot at one and missed, but uh, <laughs> so far, at that point, hadn't got a deer, and I so desperately wanted to shoot a deer and join that club. A few minutes later, I look over the top of the hill, and here comes what I think is a deer, but it turns out to be a coyote coming down quick. And I know the guys say that you're supposed to shoot the coyotes, but I let this one pass because I thought there might be something behind him. And then I hear it. I hear the guys hooting and hollering as they come through the woods. They always did that to try and keep everybody in line. That way nobody would get out in front and, and be in a danger spot. And so I hear him hooting and hollering. I just remember my heart starts to pound every time I was a stander. And I would hear, I'd finally start to hear them coming through the woods. I just would get excited. And about five minutes after the coyote pass, over the top of the ridge comes a six-point buck. And he is moving fast. I pull up my 20-gauge and I looked down the iron sights, and I had just enough time as he came by to pull off a shot where I hit him right between the eyes. Now, I'd love to say that I'm a great shot, but I'd rather say, truthfully, that I'm just a lucky shot. (laughs) This buck does a double barrel roll and lands right next to the township road. And I just remember this feeling of just complete joy. The first one right there, and it's laying there. I don't have to track it. I know it's down. I know it's dead. I let out a hoot just to let the people around me know there is a dead deer right here, and I, I'm i the one that did it. You know, I, I look back at that, and so much has changed, yet a lot has stayed the same. Um, what's changed is uh, now I wait for deer to stop before I shoot them. Uh, <laughs> don't typically try and do the running shot nearly as much. Um or at all, uh, and I also prefer more so going out with my bow and um, maybe muzzleloader by myself. Uh, I will still do an occasional hunt like that, but mostly I'm, I'm out bow hunting, and I've learned a lot since then. But what stayed the same is the excitement. Uh, two days ago, I went out with my muzzleloader, climbed up on top of this giant hill and got up in this tree, and I had a doe come by perfectly, and I made a perfect shot, and she dropped on the spot. And even though it was a doe, my heart started racing. Um, I had the adrenaline. I had the excitement. And it was just awesome. And if I ever lose that, then I'll probably hang it up because that's what it's all about. It's, it's about going out and providing meat for your family, but at the same time, that excitement of the hunt, the adrenaline that God gives us. Thank, thank God for that adrenaline rush. It's so great. Um, so thanks so much once again for listening. thought I'd share my first hunting story there, my first deer. And uh, I'm having a blast doing these. I hope you are too. And if you are, once again, I'd encourage you to hit subscribe and all that stuff. Uh, there's Facebook. There's YouTube. There's Instagram. Just check out Shedding Light Outdoors. I'm not alone in the group. I, I want to tell you about my other two buddies. Um, I'm the one doing the podcast, but uh, Travis Shire, he's an original member of Shedding Light Outdoors. We started it in 2015, he and uh, myself and another buddy named Joey Barrett. And Trav and I, we uh, 
uh, we went to college together and we went, man, we just had a blast hunting together and formed a pretty good friendship. He's a, he's a funny guy. He's always joking around. I've only seen him mad a couple times and he's just a fun guy to, to hunt with. And Trav this year has actually gotten five deer in Ohio. The limit is six statewide. And, uh, he's gotten three of those with a traditional bow with a long bow. And tonight he's actually going back for number six. And so just a super cool guy. Uh, he does great job videoing. So you definitely need to check out his hunts on YouTube. Uh, our other buddy that's in the group, uh, a little bit newer to the group is Jim Keeling. Jim's from Texas. Jim, get the shirt off his back to you. Super nice guy. He's killed a bunch of big deer. He's killed bears. He's got a lot of that. Uh, none of that on film yet. We're still working on getting the film kills, but uh, he's had some uh, issues with his foot this year. But uh, Jim is just a super cool dude, and um, just I'm just happy to be a part of this group with those guys. So that's Shedding Light Outdoors. That's who we are. Um, I don't want to waste any more time. I want to jump right into it and get into our podcast today. Our podcast today features a guy named Jason Whitehead. Jason has actually started out spearfishing, is uh, the main form of hunting that he started with, and uh, spent a lot of time down in Florida, and he'll tell you about that, and very intriguing. I probably need to have him back on just to hear more about that, but it was his first year bow hunting this year, and he was able to get two deer, and I want you to stay tuned and hear how he did it. Uh, Pretty exciting story. So we're going to jump right in. Thanks for checking us out again, and here's Jason with his story. All right, guys, I have uh, Jason Whitehead here. Uh, Jason hails from Tennessee. I saw his post on saddlehunter.com about a month ago about his first successful hunt. And something that's been awesome with these podcasts is talking to guys that have just started out hunting uh, whitetails and they've had some success. So uh, I think there's some things to learn and I'm excited to to have Jason here today. Jason uh, is a uh, construction engineer. And so, Jason, welcome to the show. Thanks, Travis. Um, excited to be here. Yeah, great, man. So why don't you go ahead and give our listeners a little bit of uh, your background. Tell us a little bit about you and um, where you're from, what you do, and all that fun stuff. So um, the basic rundown, I grew up in East Tennessee, um, graduated college. I was play, like did sports and everything. I played soccer in college, mountain biking, all that stuff. Never really had time for hunting. I always like to, you know, always liked the idea of it. Um, big into fishing. Um Graduated college, took the job, moved away, became an adult really quick, and realized that it wasn't all that it was. <laughs> yeah. Um, did some soul searching, moved out to Colorado, quit quit a job, and started being a ski bum out there. Oh yeah, it was a really good experience, and then uh, got back to the real world and had to you know pay the bills. Oh man, so, uh, did you do any hunting while you were out there? You know I didn't. I just oh, did. Man. I did ski and I was right there in the Mecca of all that awesomeness and out there. We did a lot of camping yeah, and, uh, outdoor stuff, hiking, camping, you know, playing around and stuff like that, but mostly skiing and, and that was it. So I got a new job. I got a, a big boy job again that took me down to South Florida and, uh, nuclear power plants and, oh, wow. uh, that required work a lot, but I started spearfishing oh. and, that's interesting. I, we were in a boat to go fishing the first week we were down there, and this guy came out of the water with like two huge fish and a spear gun. We're like, "What are you doing?" This <laughs> <It's laughs> yeah. spear fishing, man. So we, me and my buddy, just dropped everything, went and got spear guns, and we like fell into that. So I've been hunting underwater for the last like 
nine years and pretty obsessively, like all the time. As soon as every time I can get a chance to go, I'll go. Man, that is interesting. I, I, you know, whenever I started this podcast, I never thought I'd talk about spearfishing. That didn't quite come on my radar. So, <laughs> yeah, you know what? It's crazy because I'm landlocked, and everybody always asks me where I'm from, and I'm like Tennessee. Like, how did you get into spearfishing? It's because I was in Miami, basically, and uh, there's there's a lot of really really good fishing down there. So, um, that being said, my buddy, all my friends moved to Colorado when I left. And so they're out there and, and one of them started elk hunting. He went elk hunting three seasons ago and I thought that was awesome. He had had a bear encounter on his first day and he, he you know, timid enough. He wouldn't even spend the night out there in the woods by himself. Like he was very scared and like, it's a, you know, it's a scary thing, especially mm-hmm. in that big of a country. And he has these two huge black bears like running right up on him. Oh, and I was like, I got to do that. Yeah. So, um, I started diving into YouTube and I want to go land hunting and I want to get into this. So went out, just overloaded, bought a bunch of gear, planned on a rifle elk hunt last fall. And, mm-hmm. um, me and him and another buddy got together and we went up there and beat ourselves up in Colorado trying to hunt. And what we called hunting was basically just packing a heavy pack around for 10 days <laughs> so, uh, hunting turned into hiking i hate when that exactly. happens so, yeah. we were absolutely beat down it was uh it was an amazing trip it was beautiful had an unpredicted cold front with a lot of snow come in and uh we tracked elk and tracked elk and tracked elk we followed found a sign of them we could never see them um and, and finally on the last day i got into a group of cows i was by myself my friends had already pulled out of there and um i just messed it up i just i was completely overwhelmed i didn't know what to do and i ended up tripping and falling and shooting my rifle like i didn't fall away but i like stumbled and pulled the trigger on my rifle oh, at the man. same time so like the elk just stood there and i'm like well, what do i do now i try to rack another round and it was you know i had no business by myself on the last day i was like five miles from the vehicle and there's no way i could i would have not known what to do yeah. <laughs> for that point. yeah so, after that, I was hooked, and we 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 went full on, and we decided we were going back for archery this season. And so we went back and did a what was supposed to be a three week elk or elk hunting archery trip. It turned into like a quick one week. I got to meet some of them for two days, some of them stayed for three days, and then me and another guy stayed for like the last four days or something. So it was like, you know, life happens, and. Yeah. Uh, I got a new job, didn't have the vacation, couldn't go through the hunt. So, no, that's a bummer. Okay. So that, that leads us into whitetail season this year. What made you want to, uh, change, change species and jump into whitetail? Well, I got back from the elk hunt and, uh, deer season in Georgia was starting the same day I got back. It was deer season. And, uh, I had been on a, I was on a quick assignment in Georgia before I took this new job. And I went ahead and bought my out of state license cause I wanted to hunt there cause you can hunt feral hogs and Turkey and things like that. And there's a big wildlife management area right by the work. So I was like, I'm going to get my out of state license and I'll go hunting. So unsuccessful elk hunt. I didn't even see an elk this year uh. and, uh, came back. I was like, I'm going deer hunting. And 
I just dove right into it, but I found out really quickly that it is hot in Southern Alabama. <laughs> I, can, I drive, it's like an hour and a half drive right over to Georgia. There's a WMA I can hunt over there. And, um, I went out there and I was in the swamp and I was soaking wet because water was up to my knees and I got in the tree stand. I set up and I get up. There's the first time I'm sitting in the tree stand and I'm sitting there for five minutes getting, getting situated. And I look over my shoulder and there's two does right behind me, like 10 feet away and they blow and take off. And I was like, Oh my gosh. Like I was absolutely like, that was awesome. I was. <laughs> <laughs> it's that, that the first one, even whenever they get away, it's just the fact that you're that close is really exciting. You know, I mean, that's, I, it was, I was like, there's no way a deer is going to come. I've been making so much noise mm-hmm. walking through the woods. I was in the swamp. I didn't even know there was a swamp there. It's like a Creek on the map, but it's like a hundred yard wide, just swamp. Yeah. And, uh, sure enough, as soon as I sat down, two does right behind me and, uh-huh. So I was hooked after that. I was like, I gotta go out there and get one. All right. So, so lead us into the story. What? How did you end up being successful this year? So, um, after a lot of failed attempts, I got back on YouTube and started watching. You know, I had I had to find a, some information. A lot of these hunts are just like, hey, we put a food plot over here. You've been watching this buck for four years, and they come in here. But started watching these guys, the hunting public. And they had some strategy on like public land hunting and, and getting in there. And, you know, I have my Onyx maps and a really cool feature, but like, yeah, it's great. I can see where everything is, but I don't know what to look for. So without having, um, Alabama came into season I started hunting there a little bit quicker, uh, closer to me. So I don't have to drive as far. And, um, I, uh, found this big chunk of land. There's 25,000 acres. It's like, where do you start? So I like tried to, try to divide it up and I just looked, well, they need water. It's hot. They need water. They're going to need some thick stuff to bed in. And this looks like it'd be a harder place to access because what I found around here is everybody likes to hunt right by the road or just walk on the roads, which is a really, I, I, I think that's everywhere actually. Yeah. yeah. I'm pretty sure that's, I love that's it. it's great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. So I went in there, picked a spot by a Creek, walked in, got set up. And 30 minutes later, a doe and uh, two does walk in, but they're like 40 yards out of range. They're acorns dropping everywhere. And I'm like, man, this is awesome. It's going to, they're going to come right to me. I've never seen an animal so skittish in my life. Like it was jumping back and forth. If an acorn fell, it would jump and like tail raise and like looking around. Like it was crazy. Now, so they are, came are in, you like, in? Are you in a? Uh, sorry to interrupt. Are you in a climbing tree stand? Hang on. Are you? Are you in? A, are you in a saddle? I'm in a saddle. This was my okay. first sit in a saddle. Okay. I just I got on there and I, I. So what happened was I carried that heavy climber in on my back and I went back to the internet. I was like, this is garbage. Like I'm not. <laughs> with this and I yeah. found. Uh, I saw a picture of somebody hanging off a tree. And I searched and searched and searched, and I found saddlehunter.com and uh, started getting on that forum. And I immediately ordered a saddle setup and then found out they were all on back order for forever. So got on classifieds and was able to get a whole setup. And I was out there three days later, ready to go. First time ever playing with it. You went straight out there and got set up. It was pretty cool. So, I mean, the lightweight appealed to you. What is there anything else about it that just kind of drew yeah. you to it or? 
it's um the lightweight and pack packability it's awesome i throw it on my back i'm not scared of hiking and going the distance yeah but um the comfort in the tree and the mobility and it's exciting like it's not just i climb i'm sitting there in tree i'm actually feel like i'm active while i'm sitting there so i can move this way i can move that way and it's silent yeah it's really cool i'm 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 obsessed with the whole thing because it's it's fun it's challenging um yeah. I'm the same way my my brother was asking me about it he's he's strictly a climber guy and was asking me and I was like well do you do you enjoy hanging he goes no not really and I was like well do you enjoy you know being able to move around three he goes no not really I was like do you want to feel like a ninja you know that's that's the main right. thing you know <laughs> so, so anyway you get the saddle and yes. you see these so does. The saddle I'm set up out there the, the first time I went to this new area and those yeah. two does were right there and mm-hmm. I could not get them in range so if I was maybe lower I could have had a shot at those acorns. I sat right at a creek crossing. Mm-hmm. I saw fresh tracks in the creek, and there was acorn trees that were dropping, and squirrels were going crazy. So I was like, this is perfect. It's where they said to go. But turns out there's like 100 big oak trees right there, and they're dropping everywhere. So there wasn't really a good place to go. Yeah. They were just meandering through that whole area. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, I found the deer. I'm going back in there. So the second time I went back in there was in the morning previous one was an afternoon hunt so i could see going in had plenty of time to get set up and uh i walked right through what is their bedding i got completely lost i marked my spot on onyx i was 200 yards away ended from where they were where i saw them ended up being right on the creek just about 50 yards further to the north and i was like whatever it's getting daylight i'm setting up so i set up in this tree and the deer this this deer walked right beside me to my right from behind, did not make a noise. And I was like, that's a baby deer. I don't want to shoot that one for my first deer. It's the same <laughs> one I saw the previous time, but I was like, yeah. I can't shoot that. Well, then I go to talking people and they're, that's what they got down here. There's these small deer. Yeah. Um, there's some bigger ones, but there's some, a lot of this, these smaller deer. It didn't have spots. It was a legal deer for me to shoot with my bow. And this is, um, this is like the last day I can hunt during archery season. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I had to go for, with the wife, I had to go do a weekend trip. We were obligated to go do some traveling. So I had to like miss a weekend and come back during opening weekend of rifle. Mm-hmm. I, was like, I know where these deer are. I'm going to sneak in there and I'm going to get it. And I, <clears throat> I got back from our road trip, packed my stuff and just drove, I drove up there to hunt. And I was super excited, but I was also worn out. And I was like, oh, man, I was like, I'm going to go up there. It's too early. I'm not going to see anything. I'm going to sit in the tree for five hours. And I sneak in there, cross the creek, like just being silent as I can. I set up right in the middle of all the acorn madness, right where I saw the deer the previous two times, set up in a tree. And I'm in the saddle. And it's still new to me, so I'm trying to figure out all the kinks. Like, I've got my little gear hook. Well, I forgot that. It wasn't there. So I'm like, okay, here's a broken tree branch. I'm hanging my bow from that. And I'm like, how am I going to get my bow off of this when a deer comes without, you know, spooking it? So I'm practicing that, and I set it down, and then I drop my hat. I'm like, oh, man. So I I get my little gear hook up, and I hook my hat, and I bring it back up. (laughs) 
got my you, gotta, hat. you gotta have your hat. I mean, you can't and, hunt without it. Yeah, you have to have it. It's my little three D ghillie suit hat. So, oh, okay, okay. I felt naked without it, <laughs> and I set that down out of the way because it's hot and I'm so warm from getting in there. I've been in the tree for ten minutes, mm-hmm. and I glance up to my two o'clock and I see a leg. It's a back leg. I was like, oh, "That's that deer." That's a deer. Oh gosh, what do I do? And I'm just like, I'm amped now. I'm shaking. Yeah. I, I try to grab my bow and be silent. And just the little sound of my bow coming off of that broken branch, just it jerks and it looks. And it's maybe 12 yards to my right. Yeah. And I'm like, oh gosh, like this is it. I'm, I'm not letting this deer pass. It's a legal deer. It's the same one I've seen, I've seen the previous two times. Like I'm not letting it pass this time. I'm going to get it. So in my saddle, it's the weak side that it comes on. And okay, I, I explain this. that. Explain that for our non-saddle hunter friends here. So, in a saddle, I'm set up facing the tree. Okay. With my feet on a platform, and my toes would be, you know, my feet together, my toes facing the tree, and I got a tether tied up straight above me. So I'm in a straight line that way. So I'm right-handed. So if I was to reach out to my left, that would be my strong side. Mm-hmm. And my right side, I can I have to turn my body so. I have to shift my feet to the right to be able to turn my torso to get on the, the animal. So the saddle, the cool thing about that is I can make that move. But from where I crossed the creek, there was dirt in my shoes. And that dirt came off my boots when I turned. And that dirt hit the ground and that deer jumped. And I was like, oh, man. And it's almost right underneath me at this point. Um, so it's a, it's a little doe. I'm nervous that if I take a bad shot that I'm going to miss it completely because it's small. I think it weighed like 45 pounds. A lot. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but your heart is pumping, right? Oh, it's pumping. And it, and it happened so quick. And I'm glad it did because if it had, if it had taken longer, I'd probably miss the shot because I'd have been so shaky. But it came right underneath me. I turned to the right and I got a full wing and I was like, I'm going to shoot it when it goes to this crack and I draw back and it takes a left so it goes further further to my right instead of going the way it went it was going it yeah. turned back and there were some little saplings there and i'm I'm shooting a 650 grain elk arrow okay <laughs> okay okay so i'm worried about these sapling this little sapling branches are in front of me i just it, it took a step and bam i pulled the trigger and it went straight through the the deer it jumped straight up and he had no idea I was there. It was awesome. It took three steps, bounded across the creek, and ran off. It spooked a buck over there when it got across the creek. I was like, oh, man. And then it, it, the deer literally ran up the trail I walked in on, oh, straight wow. back to my truck, and crashed about 100 yards away. Oh, my God. Where, where did you hit her? I, um, I hit her back, and since it's such a steep angle, I hit – probably six inches back from the shoulder up in the ribs, like high in the ribs. So I got the backside of the lungs and I guess out the liver and passed through all in the upper body, but above the, above the white and, uh, had a really good blood trial. I didn't find any blood until she crossed the Creek. She, I saw her tracks. I could, I could watch her from this point from my elevated stand. And then when she turned left, I lost her in the thick stuff. And, uh, I just, I was shaking and I was like, I didn't even give it any time. 
was like, that's a dead deer. I was like, I want to go see my arrow. So I, I got down, lowered all my stuff, climbed down, went over and looked at my arrow, covered in blood, and it was buried in the ground. And mm. uh, I got it out. I was like, man, this is awesome. I'm going to track it. I get to track a deer, you know. <laughs> yeah. And it's so stressful. Um, it, I was really excited, but it came really, I was really stressed out at the same time. I was like, I'm going to, I'm not going to get this deer and I need to get it soon because it's warm out. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like high sixties. Oh wow. And, um, and that was actually a cool day for how, what it had been. So across the Creek, get over there, find a big old pile of blood. Like when it jumped out of the Creek, I guess it's when it just started bleeding, like open those holes from that extra movement. And it was, it was like following a trail. Um, like it was just lit up until I got to this, V and there's I'm on a deer trail walking in and uh you know it's and pigs and whatever else so it's a highway yeah. and now all of a sudden it just veers into like four different lanes and I'm like I lost the blood at the same time so I set my arrow down and marked it and uh, went and, you know ten yards ahead and I actually found a trail again and, and then I just I looked up and I saw a big old pile of blood and then I looked up and then there's the deer oh yeah it so was all. That's a great feeling, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it was quick. I mean, she was expired in, in less than 30 seconds. So that's great. All right. So there you go. Your first, this is your first year deer hunting. And there's first your first, year, first, first year ever. Yeah. First year down. So we're going to go ahead and go on to your second year because n- not only did you get a doe this year, but you also were able to get a buck. So tell us about that. I want to hear about your first buck too. Yeah. So this one's, this one's really exciting for me. Um, it's actually the first buck I've ever seen in the wild. Like besides like driving, driving down the road or like at the golf course, like it's the first buck that I've like seen in the woods, like that actually can identify that it was a good buck. So I was like really excited and it took a lot of work because this, this is back in Georgia. I've got that tag still and I had some sick time. I had to burn where I was going to lose before the holidays. So last Thursday, I had so made this a is plan. December 16th, December 16th. Yeah. Okay. Or somewhere around then. Like, yeah. so maybe that was the day I, that was a Sunday. I think that's the day I killed it. Um, so back up a couple of weeks, I went out there one more time that I had a free day and uh, I went out there to hunt and I did a morning sit because I was already out there for work. And so I just, I drove out there and, uh, I, I did a morning sit and I got swamped. I was, I walked in, I, I thought I found a bedding area on the, on the Onyx and I went back there to check it out and I just, I got swamped and it was freezing. It was like 32 degrees and I had these new swamp boots I was trying out, but I went into my waist. So I was completely soaked. <laughs> oh no. Okay. I, I sat for three hours and I saw a huge scrape with fresh track in it. When I was walking out, I was like, I'm going back to dry my boots and I'm going to go hunt in Alabama this evening. And while I was walking out, I bumped what I thought was a buck. I just heard it bashing through the swamp and I'd seen big buck trails. So I went back to my footprints coming in and there's his buck prints on top of my boot prints. Oh, wow. So I'm like, I have to come back here. So fast forward to the Thursday of last Thursday and, um, I play hooky from work. I leave work at nine. I get there at like five thirty every morning. So I, I work for a little while at nine. I just leave. And I was like, I'm going to sit here. I've got a good wind. Everything's going to be perfect. So I, I 
sneak in and go really slow. I'm marking all my signs. I find rub, 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 like scrape, scrape, scrape. It's all over the place. It's fresh. We had this hurricane come through like a few months before and it just wrecked the woods. So these deer are walking on the, the old logging roads that there's no vehicle traffic, only foot traffic, but people aren't going back there this year because there's down trees, but the deer are just, the woods are a mess. So they're just walking on these roads and I'm just, there's sign everywhere. I'm like, this is awesome. <laughs> so I get set up on the bed and as soon as I get set up, there's deer going crazy. They're in there grunting. I've never, I didn't even realize that they were like vocal that much. They're in there grunting. And it's like they're yelling at each other. They're playing back and forth, running in the swamp. And all of a sudden, like I'm set up. I just got set up in the saddle and all this action is going on right behind me. I'm 10 yards away from this swamp they're bedding in. And they just go crazy. And all of a sudden the wind swirls and blows right to where they are and they take off. Uh. So I'm like, oh, well. And so I did some, I just got down, I did some scouting and I called it a loss for the day and a long weekend of hunting in Alabama all day, Friday in the rain, all day, Saturday. I was just, I went out in the swamp, I found a pig and I tried to chase it on this Island and it ended up being almost chest deep of water to get out to this Island, found all this buck sign. I was like, all right, I'm gonna go hunt there. Well, I get back Saturday night. My wife's like, are you going hunting again? <laughs> I was like, oh, it's just one more day. We're going to go have a Christmas break. I won't get to hunt at all. <laughs> That's always so, the question. Are, are you going hunting again? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I am. <laughs> she's like, okay, you can go, but you have to be back for grocery shopping and get ready for work. I was like, okay, I'll come back by noon on Sunday. I'll cut it off. So I couldn't make up my mind. I just found fresh buck sign, but I also heard bucks and deer in Georgia. So where do I go? Do I go back to Alabama or do I go to Georgia? Hmm. So I get to the red light where I have to take a left or I have to go straight. And that it was red. So I went straight and I went to Georgia. And I was like, there we go. We're going to Georgia in the morning. <laughs> All right. That's awesome. So the night before I had scouted both areas with the winds and they were favorable for both of them. They were good, good directions. Well, in the morning, the wind had died. It was supposed to be three to four miles an hour and it was zero. And it's going to be flat. And it's going to be a really calm, quiet morning. So I was like, okay, I don't want to get too close to the bedding, but I want to get back in there because I know there's deer and I know they're active. So I went from the north side this time. I entered from the south. And uh, it turns out there's a handicap hunting area in the back of this um, unit. And you're not allowed to drive back there unless you're handicapped. And it's only for, for dove season. But I got to walk back in like half the way on this perfectly gravel, like nice gravel road. Yeah. And so I get back there and then get back to my spot. And I was like, I have no idea where the bedding is. I mean, I have a general idea, but it's swamp everywhere from the South. There's just water, water, water. I was like, there's a group of hardwoods. I'm setting up in it. I'm not going to look anymore. I'm not going to get my scent around. I'm just going to set up. So I set up in this big gnarly live oak tree that I could never set up in with anything other than a saddle and like a mobile, mobile setup. So I used a couple sticks and, I just climbed up in the first section of the tree and put a stick here and a stick there and got up in this really, really leaning tree. And it was, um, it looked like cover everywhere. Like I was going to be so camouflaged. Like I could move around. Nobody's going to see me. Well, as, as soon as sun came up, I realized I was just ex- as exposed as I could be. I was like, this is horrible. <laughs> I was like, I can't move <laughs> the inch because the woods in front of me, like I've got the bedding to my back. And that whole area is super thick. 
swampy down trees everywhere. And in front of me is like the clearest, widest open section of the woods there is. And uh, I'm like, okay, well, I start looking when the sun comes up, I can see there's a couple scrapes right set up right beside them. They're, they don't look like they've been hit in a few days, but they're definitely fresh. There's no leaves on them or anything. So they've been tendered. And I'm looking around. I was like, man, this is great. And all I can hear is that bedding area, the deer jumping around in the water. So I'm like, man, I've messed up. I, I should have set up on that bedding. They're already, they're bedding down. They're not going to be walking. And I remember my, my buddy at work's like, man, you're an impatient hunter. You got to sit in that stand. No matter if you bump them, stay in that stand, sit there all day. They're going to come walking back. That's where, they, that's where they are. I'm like, okay, I can't move. So at this point, I've turned around from my normal saddle setup, and I'm leaning with my back against the tree, just being lazy. I'm cold. There's there's not much action. It's dead quiet in the wood. And this is full-on gun season in the rut in Georgia. Mm. So I've got my hunter orange on. I don't feel camo. I don't feel concealed. So I'm just like laying down against this tree, trying to convince myself. I'm making myself a bet. I was like, okay, stay here till 10 in this bed in this stand and then you can sneak over to the bedding and see if you can get a shot on something because i gotta be home by noon <laughs> so i'm just sitting there telling myself this i'm making myself a, a deal it's like okay so you 10 you can walk over there and all of a sudden i hear something over my shoulder and it's that buck just walking straight towards me and i just start freaking out <laughs> he's like literally 25 to 30 yards away staring straight at me with okay. i'm looking in on my back to the tree so he's a uh, an eight point. He's an eight point, a very very symmetrical, um, really pretty eight point. Mm. I can't tell at this point. I turn around over my shoulder. I glance over my shoulder nonchalantly, and it would it's so it was at my seven o'clock. Would it be like my one or two o'clock if I was facing it? What I, the way I should be, mm-hmm. and I just saw a rack and it was wide. I was like, Oh my gosh, like, this is crazy. Like this is happening. I'm, I've messed it up. I'm turned around. I don't know what to do. So I see he comes over the one little branch or some structures in the way. And I just flip 180 real quick. And it was a no big deal. Looks up. Doesn't see me anything. I was like, okay, good. He just keeps going head to the ground walking. I grab my bow that's on the left side of the tree and right about at my neck, the tree I'm hanging in from the hurricane is broken off. It's about an eight inch diameter tree and it's 90 degree to the right. My head is blocked from his head. Like he can't see my head. I can't see his head. I can see his legs down like where his mm-hmm. underbelly and down. And he sees me moving and my hand shaking. I cannot stop my hand shaking. It's, it's, the release is in the bow. I'm ready. I'm ready to draw, and my hand is just shaking. I'm like, "Stop shaking!" Dude. I can't. <laughs> that, stop. that and that always works. Just tell it to stop. It'll stop. Yeah. Right? And so he's staring at me. It's stomping the ground. It felt like ten minutes, but he just like boom, boom with his foot, and it's like wanting me to move or do something. And he can't see me. He can't see my face. So that's the only thing that saved me. I'm. I'm, I guarantee it. it's the only thing that saved me. He sat there and looked at me for what seemed like 10 minutes, probably a minute, a minute and a half. And then he put his head down and I could see when he put his head down, I turned and I drew my bow and I've never heard my bow make a noise when you draw it, but it was like, pulled it back. I pulled it back and he stops right before I've got the tree 
right on the inside of my bow or the outside of my bow. Like my hand, I'm, I can't get any closer to it. I'm full draw, full draw, full draw for like 30 seconds. And he's not second up. I, soon as his head came out, I put it, I was on his neck and I see he's getting ready to turn to jump the logs. And I just, boom, I let fly. The arrow hit him straight center mass of the neck, broke its neck, dropped him to the ground, slammed him into the ground. And he was done. Like, not moving, laying on the ground, just done. And after about 30 seconds or so, he started twitching. And I was losing it. I was like uncontrollably shaking. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my gosh, I just got my first buck. And it's oh, an awesome one. Yeah. Well, congratulations, man. That's awesome. So he's laying there on the ground. How quickly did you get out of that tree to get over to him? I could get down. I was shaking. <laughs> I could not get down. So he starts moving around. I made a little commentary video on my phone on, on Instagram. I was like, I just got a buck. I was like so excited. And I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to shoot this deer again. Cause it was starting to kick and stuff. So I, I couldn't make another shot. It was such a steep angle or like not steep, but it's such a sharp angle against the tree that I was hanging in that I could not even get my bow on him. So I had to drop down to the sticks that I climbed up on. And I aimed up and I shot one right under the pocket. It was kind of, it was like severe quartering because it was laying down at this point with his head away from me. Mm -hmm. There's two down trees. He was getting ready to jump. And I didn't realize this. When I walked in, I walked right by a really big fresh rub, but it was on the backside of a big tree that I couldn't see it from my angle when I walked in. And he was going to work that rub. And uh, I, I drilled him right up. Um, right under the shoulder up up out the other shoulder opposite side shoulder and he just stopped like that so um i collected myself i waited about five minutes i collected myself i lowered my gear down um i made sure i was safe coming down the tree because i was i was violently shaking <laughs> my heart was thumping yeah and I have heard all my friends talk about it like oh you're gonna get an adrenaline surge you're probably not even gonna shoot the deer, I'll get you. I'll get you in front of a buck if you can hit it. You know, like what do you mean? I'll hit it. I, you know, I spear fish all the time. I've shot huge fish. I, I don't ever get that. But man, something about that buck when he got in front of me out of the water. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh man, it was awesome. Oh man, that's that man. That is a great story. And I mean, the fact that your first year going after whitetail, you get a doe and a buck. So let's talk real quick. What do you think led to you? I mean, I've I've talked to guys before that they've hunted and it's been a few years before they're able to get on deer like that. So what do you think, uh, Jason, what led to your success uh, this year? Well, I would say I, um, I like to go against the grain, if you will. Like I'd like to go, I'm pretty stubborn, but I, I don't like, I don't want it to be easy. So I, I wanted to go where people weren't going. And, and basically in that area with the buck, I haven't seen another boot print. I haven't seen any signs of human being back there. And, uh, you know, watching those shows and, and really trying to listen to what they're saying, not just like, oh, what kind of deer they got. It's like, well, this is why the deer would be here. And like, this is the habitat. I just tried to like put myself in their shoes. Like, well, there's a nice farm on the other side of the property with like food and there's water here. It's like swamp and they got protection and cover. I can't even walk those woods. Like, that's got to be where they are. And I just, mm -hmm. I just try to like use deductive reasoning right so i, I did the, put in the time as much as i could and hunted the areas and looked around and, it, and i had to had to put it there and then i think i got a little bit lucky 
to be honest, yeah. but um, I did everything that I was told to do. Yeah. And, and it just worked out. I but think definitely put in the hard work and, and getting where other people aren't. It doesn't mean it has to be in the back of the property, but just getting where other people aren't going. I think that's a big thing. I think that's really good advice. You always hear guys talking about, you know, looking for deer sign, but I think part of what we do while we're out there is looking for hunter sign too. So knowing where yeah, the hunters are. Yeah. So, and so you're, and you're on public land too. So, I mean, 100%. that's, man, that's impressive. Public land. And it's, I think it's really challenging because it's public land that's new to me. I haven't, I haven't been able to scout preseason. I started, I started scouting in season while I was hunting. Um, and you know, I'm, I messed up some areas. I blew up some areas. I'm not going to lie. Like I've, I've been stomping around the woods and get frustrated. I get soaking wet and I'm just like, I'm over it. I'm walking out of the woods, but you know, you always got to be in that mentality because when I, I was shaking, talking on the phone, walking out, because I got a sled to carry that deer out. I, I picked that up on YouTube, and I, I was yeah. like, I'm going to get that sled. I could not move that guy. And I was yeah. walking out, talking on the phone, being loud as I could be, and I walked right up on a doe. And I could have taken her, too, and I just I wasn't ready. And she was just feeding along and hopped over a log, and that's when I saw her. And I was like, oh, she had no idea I was there. Uh-huh. And it was 25 yards again. Yeah. And uh, I was like, I got to call you back. I hang up the phone and I'm like getting my bow ready to draw. And uh, then my wind, she caught my wind and took off. And I was like, I'm not even going after her. I'm so stoked on this this buck. I've got my hands full anyway. So, yeah. Well, that is awesome, man. Well, congratulations on a great first year of hunting, getting two deer down, one of them being a nice eight points. So that's awesome, man. Well, Jason, anything else you, you'd want to add? Anything else I didn't ask you there? No, man. Uh, it was great. Thanks for having me on here. It was a lot of fun. Well, thanks, man. All right, there we go. Great interview, uh, great guest, and uh, just excited to hear Jason's story. I want to read to you real quick, a quick verse here for you today. It relates to what Jason was talking about there. Proverbs 5, verse 21 says, For a man's ways are before the eyes of the Lord, and he ponders all his paths. Um, I think about how, how Jason there, he had to choose whether or not he, whenever he got to that stoplight, I thought that was crazy how he had to come to a stoplight, choose which state he was going to go hunt. Um, I've never had that issue before. <laughs> and so sometimes in life, uh, too, you don't know which way you're going to go. Um, you're not sure which is the best choice. And so you sit there and you, you ponder your path. You wonder where you should go. And the cool thing about it is that God knows the right path. And so if we, we seek him and look for what he has, then uh, he directs those paths to good things. And it might not always be a, a dead deer or a million dollars or whatever, but uh, God knows what he's doing with those paths. So uh, something just to think about. Uh, I want to thank Jason for coming on. I want to thank you for listening. And I won't keep her going. I'm just going to shut this thing down and say I uh, hope that you'll join us for the next podcast. And remember, shed the light.